Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. This is Megan. And on this long-awaited episode that we had to postpone because I got, uh, well, it was kind of a cold last week. Well, you work outside and it's like switching weather right now. It's like hot, cold, cold, hot, hot, cold. I'm also getting good at fighting off cold. So. Yeah. But then again, I sound nasally yeah. for like a couple of days and then sneezing Oh, enough to hurt my back. No, the sneezing. You could hear him across the house. It was like, yeah, I was like a startup. Well, it's like, it's a true fact. <laughs> After you become a dad, your sneezing uh, volume uh, turns up to about whoa, 11. No. Okay. It's your sneezing <laughs> and your farts that put people in bad moods. Sneezing because it scares the shit out of you. Yeah. Farts because you know it kind of smells. Oh, your sister said that. I always that say the same the thing. Pre- Poop farts oh God, smell worse than post poop farts. You gotta take a dump. Of course, it can smell bad because it's blowing air past the poo. And afterwards, you're just, you're just blasting air. I have to specificate. People have that's to... because he's got to explain his flatulence to people. Because yeah, because if I so fart and rip ridiculous. ass, I'm like, oh, it's gonna smell like no. I already took a poop today, so pretty like, good. I just feel, air. I feel bad. Anybody at work that's behind you. Cause you're gonna be blowing. I'm outside all the time. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, but you used to work for errands, so. In a tiny office every now and then, but yeah. most of the time I let it rip and I was around. Have you ever like farted in an elevator? And then like left it in there. No, I'm not that cruel. Oh my gosh, I had a friend. <laughs> uh, we had to be like 13. You know, girls like to say, "Oh my god, we don't fart." Like what? Right, especially at that age, and. You wouldn't expect this girl to do this, but I remember I was with her in the mall elevator. I don't like elevators. You know that. They freak me out. Yeah, one way and to mess with Megan is jump in the elevator oh, no, when you're no. in with her. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Especially like old wooden one. Not wooden, but like the old creaky like... You can feel every vibration. No, thank you. But yeah, we were in the elevator and she was like, uh, this this old man and this old woman came through. And they came in the elevator, and we were by ourselves. We thought we were cool and all that. And she was like, watch this. And then you could see their face turn from, oh, yes, honey, let's go to the food court. I am so drained. (laughs) Can you tell? I am extremely drained. Uh, I guess we could jump into a haunted update. We actually just came back from... Scouting out a location. I posted it, so anybody that wants to see it can see it. But it was a park that was close to us that I've been following on one of the local forums that people share their encounter stories with. And they kept mentioning this park. And I remember when I was a kid, we'd get odd vibes on the trail. And the same thing with when I, I went once, like in 2016, and it was the same thing. I didn't like it. And there were specific parts that I didn't like. I was hearing everyone's stories, and apparently it was getting worse and worse. And there was a guy in, like, the comments that kind of told the history. I don't know how true the history is. Like, there was a settlement along that river that got, like, massacred. There was also a native tribe that got massacred. I don't know how true that is. So that's up in the air. I'm still trying to figure out the history and stuff. But we tried to go on the trail, but apparently, because there is a pure part that you have to get over the water i guess recently that collapsed which is that's a scary thought because that is like literal swamp 
Well, the wood and the bridge looks like it was done by water damage, which makes me think the last time the water was that high, any point in time, was the last hurricane. But the last hurricane that caused that much amount of flooding was Florence. And that was, what, five, six years ago yeah. now? Which I'm thinking, you know, where that big, um, now that I'm thinking, that big open plot that I keep saying there's something weird there, there's something weird there. I think there's an entrance to get on the trail from the back end that way. Because that used to be the end of the trail. And the only thing specific about that place that we actually did, at least found out about, uh, I had a portal. Yeah, in the, the water. water. And I have a, I, I keep wanting to hit places that are on the new river. There is something with that new river. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's like, every time I look at it on a map, there's something in the water and I'm not sure what it, well, this water was tripping me out. I was looking over the bridge and it was like I was seeing things in the water, which obviously there's alligators and probably different reptiles and weird stuff. And there's probably like sticks, maybe because the flooding was so bad during Florence, there's, there's probably like debris and stuff in there. But. I mean, it smells like swamp gas over there. Yeah, like sewage. Like it Ugh. was, it, it was, it was grotesque. It was, it was pretty bad. It smelled like a pool of farts, is what it did. <laughs> Anyways, but it was tripping me out. And I did plug in when we were walking to where the trails were supposed to be. I did plug in the spirit box for a little bit. There were still some people around, so we weren't like I had my headphones in. And there was a girl that was coming through in particular that was really trying to be like, hey, listen to me. I got something to say. We ended up kind of like closing up shop and leaving kind of early. Plus, we were unsure when the park actually closed. Yeah. Because when you Google it, it said six, but on the sign it said nine. But, but no, closing the portal was the only thing I was able to do. Um, otherwise, finding something else, there was really nothing out there. The game we only spent about maybe 30 minutes or so. So Yeah. And the weird thing is, um, when he was closing it, you could see, I think I might have a little clip of it, I'm not sure. When he was closing it, not of him closing it, but of the water, you could see this weird, like, ripple. Because there was, there was fish jumping and there was, like, things moving in the water. But, like, there is this insane, like, ripple where almost the area where, like, a lot of the weird stuff was coming from, a lot of the weird vibes. Another thing, too, is that, I've always described about my pulling ability, but when it comes to ground pulls and portals, as of so far closing them, the first portal we pulled in Patsy's Pond, if we go back and listen to that haunted update, um, was green. Mm -hmm. well, it looked green to me in my mind's eyes. That's what it looked like. The big one at our investigation in the same place, Patsy's Pond, was red, but this one was blue. So yeah. I don't know if colors have specific meanings behind the element of energy around the portal, but... That's what I just saw. So yeah, it was blue. It was very, it, it was very weird. I don't know if you noticed that, but the people that were there were freaking me out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it it borders kind of like a rough little small section, like the section that the neighborhood borders is kind of rough. But I mean, the people look normal, but they didn't look normal. If that makes sense, they were just. I mean, I guess you meditate, but. So you just playing video games. If I had to, if I had to take a picture of perfect NPCs, that was that. Yeah. 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 They were just no, not like it was. It was weird. The the only normal person was the dad and the little girl. This other guy was just like stare, which was just staring at us as we were. I mean, I guess I don't know, but yeah. but like normally, you know, like obviously we were talking about the trail out loud, 
you would think somebody would be like, hey, are you trying to find out about the trail or whatever? No, it was weird. Everybody there was just kind of like just looking like in a daze. It was really weird. But uh, apparently like some of the things that they say uh, there's a photographer that was taking professional photos on the trail. That's what I'm saying. There's got to be a way to get on that trail. But basically took photos and there was these weird black figures in the photos. There was like weird voices, just weird vibes. That whole little like slot right there is just a weird vibe. And I wonder if maybe it was a portal. But uh, spare box, definitely different voices, but in particularly a girl. And yeah, I know personal encounters from my mom because she grew up in, in around the area. Um, she said that there was a dark group that used to be part of, I don't know if it was her high school or another high school in the area, but they used to do, they specifically went to that park to do like Ouija board stuff. They would walk to the park and do Ouija board stuff. So that's also, she knows for sure, like she's, she's seen it. So who knows what was actually brought into the woods. Yeah. Plus if that history is accurate and apparently the history was that the natives were slaughtered first they put a curse on the on the land and then the settle settlers that came afterwards were then slaughtered i don't know how accurate that is but that was our hunt update so moving on to today's episode we thought we'd go north no with our uh haunted updates we're picking a hold on the country uh, a, a country that we have made friends with two different teams there. Actually, quite a few. There's quite a few, even aside from the teams. Yeah, people. quite a few people up there. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about good old Canada. Yeah. Hey. I did not know how many places, because when you think about it, I don't know why. Maybe, maybe because a lot of the teams that we uh, deal with are from British Columbia, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, British Columbia. East Columbia. Yeah, like, west, no, west, that's west. west. But Canada is pretty huge. Granted, the top part isn't really accessible, you know, accessible, but I mean, it's it's wide. So you have a lot of different places where locations can be. Well, Canada is, is just as wide as the United States. It goes mm-hmm. coast to coast, end to end. And most people don't think Canada haunted or at least accessible to be haunted. Well, granted, it's old as any other country. Well, as old as us, let's say that. But most people don't think it's haunted that much because of the small providences and places. You think of Canada, you only think of like what two cities, maybe Vancouver and Toronto. You think of Ontario, province, stuff like that, and how Canada split up. Saskatchewan. I but, like their names. Their names are pretty cool. Well, it's either native or or French. Yeah, yeah. true. You got the French Canadians, but majority of the population is actually below the actual line of of uh, what we consider the border. Was it Rochester, New York to Toronto is less than a 20-minute drive. Yeah. Like, they're really close to each other. But Canada has a strong history in uh, with Native Americans, or natives, mm-hmm. essentially Native North Americans, that go back a long ways. And also for the areas around with settlers in the gold rush and stuff like that, have their long list of spooky stuff that goes back a long ways. Mm-hmm. So you think of Canadians, you think of friendly and stuff like that would go with everything. As the yeah. old joke, Canada's are not Canadians are nice and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So you don't think oh they wouldn't have any haunted stuff, but no, they they got the good share more than more than I've ever heard. Let's say that. But I guess that's the um the ego of the United States is that we think we're the only ones that have the most scariest things on the planet. When there's things in other countries that are far more worse oh, than yeah. us. Yeah. When you start getting into like I think it's like India and even like Japan and stuff like that. Yeah. Ooh. Scary. 
stuff. Yeah, and I, and I noticed a lot of the paranormal teams that we've kind of in contact, not even paranormal teams, just people in the paranormal community, they've all been exceptionally nice. Um, I don't think I've met like any mean paranormal teams or like rude paranormal teams from Canada yet anyways. I don't know. There <laughs> might be one. I don't know. But um, for the most part, they've been really nice. We've had a bunch of people from Canada uh, come on here. Mariah from Mariah's Story. She's not, she's... She's from Canada, Vancouver Island, I believe. Yeah. Paranormal Road Trippers, who just came on. Mike, mm. he's from uh, Canada. Uh, the Unknown Paranormal. And uh, Mike and Christy and Phil, they are also from Canada. And then also on Instagram, uh, they follow us. We follow them. They're really awesome. Uh, BC Ghost Towns and Travel. Holly. So mm. Really cool stuff if you're into that they're from the Canadian area. So nevertheless, Canada is for you is legends. But the fact is is um it's 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 how Canada is split apart. And you think Canada is one big giant place when it has Providence is split up. Kinda of like we have states. So it is it's separate from place to place to place. Yeah. I always never thought Nova Scotia is a separate entity out of Canada oh, when yeah. actually it is part of Canada. So I was like, oh so there is some legends within Nova Scotia that that fall in the same can can uh, categories in Canada, kind of like how Hawaii and Alaska essentially a part of us, but we're only like they're so far away. So Alaska really should belong to Canada more than anywhere because it's kind of like that. But yeah, we bought it for what cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we could get started. I'll share, I guess, one of my ones that I found first. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is the Keg Mansion. It's in Toronto, Ontario. It used to be a residential mansion, but operates as a restaurant now. It's called the Keg Restaurant, to be exact. Uh, The house was originally built in 1867 by a man named Arthur McCaster, who was a nephew to a Canadian senator and banker. Uh, When it was a residence, it consisted of 26 rooms, 17 fireplaces with a large carriage house in the back. 1882 was purchased by Hart Massey. Lillian Massey, his daughter, eventually took over the house and ran all of the family's interest. Uh, the Masseys renovated the house and added a turret, a ver- veranda, I believe is how you say it, and a greenhouse. During the Macy's stay, or Massey's, Macy's, whoever, how, I'm not really Macy's, Massey's. Anyways, stay in the area, which was once known as one of the wealthiest area, wealthiest in the area became altered and changed a bit, resulting in the Massey family to move. So it basically started getting a little bit of crime. It kind of did a little bit of a flip switch from being like the wealthiest and yeah, kind of going down a little bit, which that caused the Massey family to move. The building then went to the University of Toronto's Victoria College in 1915 and was also home to Toronto's radio station CFRB. In the 1920s, and then became home to an art gallery for a couple decades until 1960s. Um, then it was bought by Jules Fine and became a restaurant called Julie's Mansion. And then while it was Julie's Mansion, um, the Bombay Bicycle Club was on the top floor. The owner suffered a stroke, grounds were sold off, greenhouses demolished, and replaced with a service station. In 1976, it became home to the key restaurant. Keg restaurant. I don't know why I autocorrected the key, but uh, my notes. Keg restaurant, and then renamed the Keg Mansion. Um, so the question is, okay, like why is this haunted? 
whole history of a why is a haunted. Mm. So um, there's a story surrounding one of the maids during the ownership of the Masseys. So there's one, or Macy's. There's one story of a maid that was very, very close with Lillian Macy, and she ended up dying in the house. Lillian did. When the doctor alerted everyone Lillian had passed, the maid was so upset she committed suicide. Uh, the house staff found her above the foyer, right up near the grand staircase. Uh, there's another story about the maid having an affair with one of the Macy's who was married and that the guilt and the idea that she could be caught caused her to hang herself. Um, she was nervous about the death of Lillian, that it would get out, that she was having the affair. So there is a retelling of the encounters of a woman on ghostwalk.com. They have an article going over this location and they had specified that keg staff would uh, walk to secure the front door after a long night of serving customers. They saw movement from the peripheral, and then they would see a woman hanging from the second floor, and as quick as they saw her, she would disappear. Mm. Yeah. So, anything sinister? It's just like, I guess that would be considered residual, right? Kind of. Yeah. Because unless she's still there, like, left behind. But if it's just... I would think if it's just like the, I hate saying it this way, but there, there is a, uh, show that I'm just watching. It's very corny, but there's some interesting marks. And I keep saying this recently in episodes, like there's a show, there's a movie, there's just, but I'm a very visual person. So it helps me kind of understand, but there's a show coming out or a show that's out on Netflix called Lockwood and Company. And I'm, I began watching it and, you know, they, they fight, uh, entities and stuff like that which I think that's interesting. But one of the things that they call, like when they read a location, because I guess they have abilities like psychics do, and they call it the death imprint. And that's what the one guy sees is the death imprint. Wouldn't that be a form of residual? It's a death imprint. Another word saying it. Right? Yeah. So like, for instance, in that situation where they keep seeing the body hanging, it would be like a death imprint. A stone tape theory, a stone wall theory, or you know, how something... Re- stains uh, reality and keeps repeating it over again because uh, wood or stone can remember and it, like the energy just stays. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't find anything about like like maybe hearing her or hearing a a shuffle or anything like that. It's just they see. But yeah, so the imprint of her didn't really, like I said, looked at the articles, really didn't have anything of like the staff saying, like, oh, they heard hear her or disembodied voices or something like that. But yeah, that was one spot that I found out. Well, one that I heard. I think we just go back and forth yeah. with that stuff. Um, yin and yang. No, not yin yang. <laughs> Yo-yo. <laughs> back and forth. Back and forth. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Sorry, guys. I'm drained. You hear Megan and post. Uh, well, not, even, not a full investigation. We're like mad at it for yeah, an hour. Was, Imagine after a couple hours. That was. But that was like a I don't, I don't know. That was it. Like I was being, they were trying everything to get me and Isaac on the trail. Like they were like, let's go get moving, go. Cause I've been having things about this location for a while. They were like, let's go location. It even came up on the spirit box. Like, Hey, trail, trail. Yeah. I was like, well, I can't, you got the wrong person. Like I'm not canoeing. To the start of the trail. <laughs> the one I found about, the first one that came up when I started looking at haunted places in Canada, was, funny enough, the most disturbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nakhanani Valley, or Natatani, however you pronounce it. 
N-A-H-A-N-N-I. Nahanani is a valley or gorge that's said to be Canada's Grand Canyon. Best way mm-hmm. you can equivalent it to. It's in the Northwest Territories of Canada, I guess around the North Scotia area. It's a national park now. Uh, but during the time the story takes place, is around the area of the Gold Rush. So I think early 1800s and stuff like that. Two brothers and a friend seek out to the Nani Valley to look for gold. And they find. They actually find a lot. And find so much so that they need to send their friend back for supplies in order to haul more of it back. They weren't about to let go of what they already had. So they didn't have enough uh, horses or enough um, a wagon or anything to, to take back everything they had. So they needed more stuff. So they sent their friend. Hey, go check it out. Go see what you need. And then um, then come back. Right? So they send a friend away. He takes a couple weeks, comes back, and he finds the two brothers headless around their campfire. Uh, so he's like, holy shit, holy shit. And he goes back with the police, and they find the body saying, oh, animals must have done it. So they search down the trail more looking for any perpetrators or any animal trails. And the further they go down the valley, right, the areas where the brothers, I guess, didn't search for gold yet, they started finding more bodies without heads. Mm. And more bodies without heads to a point where they just closed it off altogether and say no one's allowed to go in there. Um, and that's where it's got its nickname, the Headless uh, Valley or the Valley of Headless Men. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> Dang, Canada. Yeah. I was like, what the shit? Like, I theorized that it might have been natives in that area that were just like, oh, these white men are coming into our lands trying to take our gold or try, you know, you know, destroy our country or destroy our land and stuff like that. It may have just killed them. That might be, you know, conspiracy around it or yeah. theory behind why. Um, or there's some weird legend out there that no one really knows about. But it's probably safer to chalk it up to probably natives of the land, the indigenous people not putting up with the crap. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, because that sounds like a like a kill strategy, like specifically going for the head. Yeah. And then hiding them or putting somewhere else? I don't know. I don't know. I heard crazy. scalping before, but taking off the head? Jeez. So the next place that I got or found was actually told to me by the Unknown Paranormal. Well, requested that I cover this. I had reached out to the Unknown Paranormal and I reached out to Mike and I was like, hey, you got any locations that you think we should check out or mention on the episode? And he gave me this one. Uh, It's Fair Acres Mansion in Burnaby, British Columbia. So it started out as a retirement estate for Grace Kerberly. It's also known as the Kerberly, hopefully I'm pronouncing this right, Kerberly House. So Grace Kerberly and her husband, who was a real estate mogul, his name was Henry T. Kerberly. Kerberly. There was no huge going, uh, so there was not anything like huge that happened while uh, Grace and her husband Henry lived there. Grace ended up dying in 1917. And Grace ended up having the property in her name since the location was purchased from an inheritance that Grace had had from her brother-in-law, A.G. Ferguson. Um, She had used that money to be able to purchase the estate, and when she died, the estate went to her husband. And she had stipulated, though, in the will that if it was ever sold or when Henry died, that the proceeds of the sale needed to go to the building of a playground in Stanley Park. Henry sold the property in 1923 to the mayor of Vancouver, uh, Frederick, I'm going to butcher this, I'm sorry guys, Buscombe? What? Um, it's spelled B-U-S-C-O-M-B-E. I'm saying it wrong. Buscombe? I don't know. I don't know. 
normally I put like how to say it. I I let it play in Google and I like figure out how to. Anyways, I didn't do it for that one apparently. Under the conditions of Grace's will, Urban Legend believes that the woman that is being seen around the property is Grace because the conditions specified in the will were not adhered to. A long ways down the road, there was a portion of the state that went to the creation of a park known as Kerperly Park Playground. After the mayor's ownership of the property, different owners used the estate for different things. It was at one point a private home and then a tuberculosis annex for Vancouver General Hospital. There was a family that owned the property, the Monroes, who then sold the property to the Order of St. Benedict in 1939. Monks lived there until 1954, and then Missions Westminster Abbey was completed and monks moved there. All right, are you ready for the dark and the weird part? Mm -hmm. I tried specifically finding out more on this cult, but there really wasn't that much on the cult itself. So in 1955, a cult known as the Temple of the More Abundant Life headed by William Franklin Woolsey, bought the mansion to serve as a church and school. Uh, the school was unaccredited, and the whole thing with the cult was dark, ritualistic, and just overall bad. Abuse of students, including rituals and physical abuse, and even incest, took place. Uh, Woolsey even called himself Archbishop John I and ended up being charged with embezzlement and spousal abuse. School closed in 1960, and Mr. Archbishop over there uh, fled the country. Uh, 1960s, the mid-1960s, the estate was then released to, or leased to a fraternity, Delta Epsilon. And, and finally, in 1966, it was renovated, and in 1967 became the Burnaby Art Gallery. According to multiple articles, when the Burnaby Art Gallery started renovating, the paranormal activity started amping up. They started seeing more apparitions and poltergeist activity started. Staff members have dealt with things such as sounds, disembodied voices, and you can feel huge temperature drops at times. Paranormal activity reported have been everything from phantom phone calls, faint musical sounds, chilling presence, and items being moved. Mm -hmm. mm. That cult thing. And then even in a fraternity, like you don't really know what goes on in fraternities. I mean, there's some really dark stuff with hazing and stuff like that that has made its way recently. Not really recently, but just over the, the I would say from the 90s till now about what takes place with fraternities. So. On to another. Mm -hmm. All right. So this one was generalization but it does have a you know scary history like most things start off you know this is what it was for and this is what it ended up being and then it has a whole you know, scary shit going on yeah so i'm talking about any paranormal investigator that this is probably an average spot that you hit at least if you live in ontario uh, i'm talking about camp 30 yee. i right? think i've heard about that one yeah uh in bahamaville bahamanen bahamanenville we butcher names bahamanenville so Ask someone to say one of our weirdest, you know, cities in America. I guarantee a lot of people can get it wrong. I think Chattanooga would probably be. Yeah, a Ch Chattahooga. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it looks like Bo Bowman, Mohammedville, something like that, in Ontario, Canada. It was originally built as a uh, like a, a boys' school, all boys' school for like troubled kids and stuff like that, uh, around 1914, and then uh, around the early brink of World War II, 
it became a POW camp for high-ranking German officers and stuff like that. So this is where, why Canada? I don't know. You think we would keep those kind of guys in America, but maybe Canada said, hey, we'll take him. And America's like, fine, yeah, we don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess during World War II, they, it created a POW camp for the Canadian officers. Um, funny enough, during the time um, when the Canadian, uh, when the uh, the officers were there, the, the POWs, they tried escaping many times. Of course, no avail. Um, that probably led to a lot of deaths, uh, different officers being killed there on the premise. Paranormal investigators have gone there said they've heard um, keys jingling and bot- disembodied voices. Energy there feels really weird. And it's, 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 it's strangely quiet in the entire area. You think about that amount of magnitude of being a place for troubled kids and then becoming a place for adults, you know, held against their will in an act of war. And then after, mind you, after the war was over, all the soldiers were shipped back to Europe. Probably some were transported to America who became, you know, the whole thing about Nazi scientists becoming embedded into our science and stuff like that. That could have happened as well. But majority of them were sent back to Europe to face trial there. Then became back our boys, our boys school afterwards. So, and then the boys' school closed down in like the 1970s, 1980s. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, originally going to get demolished around 2013, but the National Historic Society said, hey, 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 let's, uh, let's keep this place, right? Which a lot of places that we investigate or go into are protected by the National Historical Society. Now, they'll never say that these places are haunted, but the only reason these places should even get well known is because of paranormal investigators. No national history person is coming to this place going, I want to know the history of this place. No, paranormal investigators coming because they hear spooky shit. Yeah. Now, one of the worst parts about this place is that supposedly there's been satanic worship on there, right? People finding pentagrams, 666 sprayed on the walls, candles burned from previous, uh, I guess, rituals done there, found by investigators and stuff like that. And the place is graffitied up to the T and most of the buildings are broken into and inhabitable to get to or boarded up. But the ones that can get into is where they found them. So it's like a hodgepodge of paranormal activity you can find there. So if you're a paranormal investigator like starting out in Ontario, I guarantee it's one of the places you've gone to. Then inspect that from Canada. But then again, I didn't know that Canada had a POW camp there. Canada's got some dark spots. This one takes place in Amherst, Nova Scotia at a jail. Uh, Cumberland County Jail. Anyone in the area is like, yes, that! I know that one! It was a jail that operated, I think, between 1898 and about 20, 2015. It lasted a long time. And then at the courts, like in the course of the 21st century, it's mostly like a low security building for people and stuff like that. But the famous story around it is about two kids who robbed and murdered a woman, a rich woman, in her home. They planned it. They, they figured it out. Um, they were teenagers, like maybe 16, 17. Uh, they killed her for 120 bucks. Dang. I think in it, it's 1911. So that's a lot of money back then. Yeah. So, or 1930s. And probably during the Great Depression and stuff like that, and the whole, the whole world was, well, at least our side of the war was probably effective. But uh, they were captured by the police. And, and when they were captured, they give full confessions. Like, yeah, we did it. We did it for the money. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, they were later hanged uh, in that in that building. Now, that the police, uh, that sorry, that prison had a gallows. So they probably hanged a lot of people. Any place that has its own execution center, any prison anyway, <sighs> has a lot of energy in it. And we know that from all the prisons we have here which is a lot, especially old ones. It's been around a long time. Every single one has a, you know, a, a gallows or electrocution chair or anything like that. It's a lot of energy still left there. There's a portal between life and death that's in that area. I'm saying that. And this place is no different. 
um, guard saying after those those uh, two boys were dead, um, they could feel being watched. People say when they go there to visit, you know, doing tours, they feel like they're being watched. They used to hear voices and stuff like that, being grabbed, being pushed, all that stuff. From, uh, I guess, one of Canada's most haunted prisons. I think I got one more. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, this one's very small information, but funny enough, if we were to go to Canada in the Ontario area, I don't know where exactly where it is, I didn't say, but we could uh, spend a night there because it's Airbnb. Oh, snap. Right? Uh, it's, like, it's like a Victorian-style house, right? Which I think you're always a fan of to begin with. Yes. Uh, it's called the Carl Beck House in Ontario. Um, the story goes that Carl Beck, uh, wealthy businessman at the time, he built a house, stuff like that. But what comes with the story of why it's haunted, why right, people say it is haunted by different spirits and stuff like that, is that when Carl died, well, his wife died first. And he had uh, his eldest daughter, Mary, was in charge of raising the other kids. But when Carl died, he only left his daughter a dollar. Right? She was so furious, she never left. Refuse to leave the house, stuff like that. Hence, why she's still haunting the house to this day. I would be the same way, though. <laughs> yeah, and you can still people still see, see her her uh, figure standing in the window and stuff like that. It's one place that I would say it's insanely haunted or anything like that, but mm-hmm. it does have a like, haunting that we could probably go there and like, hey, uh, you should leave. You know, he's don't worry about a dollar if you need more money. You know, a dollar's worth a lot of money these days. Well, yeah. She's not. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know how much a dollar was at the time we died, but. Maybe it was like ten bucks. Like imagine your father's worth a hundred million, losing ten dollars. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's gotta be horrible. Especially because then she's—you just said that she raised the kids too. Yeah, right? raised well his kids. Dang, yeah, that's not right. So she's an angry spirit with with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it depends on how people, you know, people say they hear things, things move around, stuff like that. Any kind of haunting you find anywhere, nothing extremely dangerous, but still enough that you got some evidence if you go there. Yeah, interesting. Well, Ontario. Ontario <laughs> has some scary shit. You know, surprising? I didn't really find a lot about on Taran- uh, uh, Toronto. It's a big city. You think there would be some haunted stuff? I guarantee I there s- is. I, I just found don't know a lot I of stuff on Nova Scotia. That's the older part of the world. Yeah, you know, the parts where the the uh, the Northmen, the Vikings, they mm-hmm. first when they first came to America, but mm-hmm. uh, Leif Erikson and stuff like that was uh, Newfoundland area or northern Canadian territories. Yeah. They actually never made it this far south, like, say, on the east coast of America, but they discovered North America continent first. Mm. Right? People say it's Christopher Columbus. Nah, he kind of started discovered Puerto Rico. And then he made his way to Florida and stuff like that. But you want to talk about first was Leif Erikson, about 400 years before. Dang. Yeah. No, Canada has some really good stuff, and like I said, really good teams. Like I'm gonna plug in Paranormal Road Tripper, Road Road Trippers, Road Trippers, Road Trippers, Road Trippers. Why can't I say that? Okay, Mm. the Paranormal Road Trippers. They just released a new documentary that's really good about a location in Canada. Um, it's really good, and so just everyone watch it. I'll probably link all the teams that we you know um have talked to have had dealings with ew no i don't like that dealings with i don't like that statement Uh, okay um (laughs) but have you know like interacted with and have a good relationship with i'll link all of their stuff so you guys can check it out because like i said they have investigated haunted history bc gina and gina and victoria they their instagram is pretty cool to you know like see and then they have a lot of uh cool projects that they do so 
we'll probably link all of those in the episode description. So if you want to check out their stuff, highly recommend it. Like I said, majority of the people we've dealt with from Canada have been exceptionally nice. So really welcoming and this is, I guarantee we're most likely to go to Canada before we go to Mexico. Probably. Yeah. You know, um, just because, you know. Well, I that s- area calls to me. Like the, well, the western part. Like Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Of the United States and in that area. Uh, we have a bonus episode Wednesday, right? Uh, no. the uh, So, we are doing... Uh, because we kind of like fell behind on the schedule Monday, which is tomorrow when you're hearing this, uh, it's going to be Haunted Canada. And then Wednesday will be what was supposed to be this Monday's episode, which is Crop Circles. And then February, we start the bonus episodes again. Okay. So you get two episodes in a week. And what's next week? Okay. So. We don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know yet. Okay. But <laughs> we're still kind of organizing for February because we uh, mass, sometimes we met some, well, we're trying to mass record. So that this doesn't happen if like one of us is sick or something like that. We still can always record on a Monday. So February, we have an actual, we have the months episodes planned out, but I honestly can't remember what next week's episode. It'll probably be in the episode description. So. Or we either decide, um, come tomorrow or, uh, sometime tomorrow, Tuesday, and you'll probably know by Wednesday's episode. Yes. So. Yeah. Cause yeah. I have oh. a few ideas, but I need to throw them out at you to see if we can actually do them or yeah. not. Yeah, we have we have some like getting like up and ready. Um, I know every month we're gonna kind of like cover haunted locations in a specific state or country or something like that, um, just to get through some of the major locations. And uh, when is uh, Renaissance? Yes, coming out this Megan's- Thursday. This Thursday? This Thursday. Oh, yeah. The first, episode. first episode. First I already recorded it, so it's there. It's in the queue. So look forward to Megan's separate podcast called Renaissance, which is all about psychic awakening and spiritual abilities and, and the essence of the paranormal when it comes to this, a psychic's point of view and dealing with that kind of stuff. Yeah, and depending on the, the topic, well, the first couple episodes, people that are coming over from Hidden in the Shadows, probably it's kind of probably be repeated stuff that you kind of already know because i have to have like new listeners understand like my background and what i've experienced so that it makes sense but um we're going to talk about things like meditation protection paranormal investigating with abilities what does that mean like how to cope with it um but yeah basically everything that i have learned in episodes and i'm also going to bring on other psychics and people with ability to get a different perspective because that was when I was starting out, that was the most important thing for me was getting different people's perspective and taking what resonates for me. Because, you know, you'll have a lot of psychics and people with abilities say, this is how it has to be done. This, this, and this. You do anything else and that's wrong. You know, kind of like a math teacher, how they say you have to do your work this way. Even if you get the same answer, you still have to do it this way. And so, yeah, I'm going to share with you all the tips, tricks, advice, things I've failed at, things I excelled at, and I'm going to bring on people that I, I don't know, that have have given me a lot of advice and I trust them and because there are so many people um, and there's some psychics you'll resonate with and some people that you don't. Like I know like some people resonate with me and some people don't and that's okay because you got to go with what resonates with yourself. 
That's all about that podcast. So, or that's what I'm trying to put into the podcast. But uh, first, like four episodes of the first month of the podcast is going to be just like paranormal experiences and the overall just of like kind of like the timeline of how I experience stuff. I know I kind of go over and over here, but it's going to go more in depth, you know, like what exactly during my childhood did I go through, emotions that I went through, then in more of like the teenage years and then finally into adulthood and why I chose to awaken and why I chose to fully embrace my abilities and stuff that I do every in everyday life to kind of cope. And then we'll start getting into like past lives, spirit guides, meditation, protection, uh, things you could do at locations to, to help your energy, things you could do at your house to protect your energy, all of the above. So look forward to that. Now we'll probably have a separate announcement about the episode sometime later this week. Yeah. On Instagram or something like, so people know. But yeah, look forward to that, especially if you're interested in anything about psychics and stuff like that. So as always, guys, you can catch our social media at Hidden the Shadows Podcast on Instagram, Hidden the Shaw 6 on Twitter, Hidden the Podcast 2 on TikTok, or links to all social media. And always listen to us at HiddenTheShadowsPodcast.com. But as always, we'll catch your widows in the next one. Yep.